And good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and it's good to be with you on this Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Matt Neely, this week, Tuesday is not Wednesday Eve. It's a Tuesday that feels like a Monday, and I'm feeling it today, sir. It feels like a Monday. Good to be with you, Matt. Good to be with you, Zach. Happy uh, happy <laughs> Tuesday. Did you have a nice cool. uh, day off, I hope? I did. I did. It was a good long weekend. We spent some time outside with the kids and went to uh, went to the zoo and just kind of hung out. It was a good weekend. It was. Uh, I always appreciate when those three-day weekends roll around. They always seem to come at the right time. How about you, Matt? Absolutely. It was a, it was a good weekend and uh, here we are back at it. Do you see that? How, what do you think of that new sign out front of the zoo? That's pretty neat. The, with the animal one? cutouts uh, right by the oh, entrance. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty yeah. neat. I, yeah. I think that's brand new this year. Yeah, well, uh, we're members now of the zoo, so uh, I, we will be there a whole lot more often to see all the changes. It's a, it's a, uh, it is a, it's a really fun place for kids. They do a great job over there, and uh, it's a good zoo. I always forget that it's a great place to be. Absolutely. Um, and today, Matt is uh, two twenty-two twenty-two. Zeus's so are uh, wild, correct? <laughs> apparently, uh, I don't think I'll see this in my lifetime again. Where it's all kind of the all kind of the same thing. So good day, good day to be back in studio. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, give us a call five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty. Uh, the first half of our show is going to be me going to share some thoughts that are rolling around in my head. That may be the that may be the best that they are. Just thoughts rolling around in my head. That's maybe the best you get today. <laughs> um, uh, Want to talk about some current events here? The first half of the show. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, my annual conversation with my friend Sean Louie, um, who is going to talk about Black Black Renaissance, uh, a music and cultural uh, experience that he has been putting on the last few years here in Tucson in celebration of Black History Month. We'll talk about the legacy and contributions of the African-American community in Tucson, uh, which the more I learn, the more it is. Uh, the, the legacy of the African-American community in Tucson, Southern Arizona um, is bigger than I ever knew. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him on that. We'll talk We'll talk Black Renaissance. Um, uh, but I, I want to kick off the show. And again, I w- would welcome your thoughts, your calls, 520-790-2040. Uh, I want to talk about the um, – it's weird for me, right? Let me back up a second because I'm a bullishly local show. Um, I very cautiously and very rarely, I think, proportionally start talking about federal issues, national issues. Local issues are much more my sweet spot. And so even more rare is talking uh, is talking foreign policy, which is weird because my major, uh, you know, in college is international studies. I actually uh, focused on Russian, Eurasian, Eastern European studies. Uh, I spent some time in Kiev uh, in Eastern Europe. I think I was in Kiev in 2011. Uh, but my life took a much more local turn <laughs> uh, a few years ago, and that's uh, that's where I want to be and where my focus is. Uh, but there was another Zach Yenser life um, where my head was kind of always in these uh, in these international spaces, and so I, I found myself over the week 
over the weekend, reading from a variety of sources what's going on in Ukraine, what's happening between Russia and Ukraine uh, and NATO and the European Union and, and America and China on the broader stage, and, and what's going on here. Because I, I think this is a big deal. This feels uh, different to me than what happened in 2014 uh, when Russia uh, and Ukraine and Crimea were, were uh, was something in the news. Uh, the, 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 this is an interesting moment to me, and we're kind of watching it play out here as well in real time. So I thought I'd mention it, Matt. You were talking about the uh, the Ukrainian community here in Tucson, and and whether the moves uh, over the last 24 hours by Russia would be considered an invasion. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, uh, but the White House just a few minutes ago did indeed call Russian moves into Russian-backed separatist regions within Ukraine an invasion. Uh, triggering some uh, some sanctions for sure. The president's going to speak to the sanctions that he's uh, going to uh, ask for against Russia um, in in the next uh, in the next uh, few hours, and we're going to see how tightly the European bloc um, sticks together on these sanctions. But Matt, that's uh, almost literally breaking news from the last fifteen minutes or so. Yep. Uh, yesterday, the White House wasn't sure. Today, they're sure. They're calling this the I word. It's an invasion. Just really scary stuff. It is. It really is. I mean, you remember, Matt, we'll go to break on this, and I'll give you my thoughts uh, about what's going on here on the other side. But, Matt, you remember 2014. Um, Ukraine was going through some protest movements within. There's been a kind of a pro-Western sentiment in Ukraine for a bit now. Uh, there was Russian moves into Crimea. Uh, this this feels different, doesn't it? There, there's something there's something bigger going on here. Is, is that how you're feeling as you're watching this play out? Correct. And the narrative has been, you know, in 2014, people weren't talking about World War III. Now people, you know, I think that's top of people's mind right now. That that that's what this could lead to. So, yeah, totally different, uh, totally different uh, narrative around this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are asking, is the post-war era over? And I'll get into this a little bit, I think, in the other segment, Matt. And again, I- I'm being open with you. I don't come at this from expertise. I don't know if I'm going to solve the problem for y'all on the air today. I often feel the pressure. I have to come in here with an answer, and here's the silver bullet. I may just be giving you thoughts that are rolling around in my head, and I'd love your call. Maybe maybe your calls help to kind of uh, shape it up a little bit. you know. But certainly... You know, my kind of geopolitical formation, uh, boy, those are big words for a Monday on a Tuesday, uh, uh, where it was, you know, kind of the war on terror, Matt, which, you know, was not a country on country. You know, I was, I, I had no kind of consciousness, you know, during the Gulf War. It's been a long time since there was kind of nation-on-nation stuff at this level going on. I don't know if I would put, we call it the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, but it wasn't the war on Afghanistan. It wasn't the war on Iraq. These were kind of transnational actors. These were, these were you know, terrorist groups that transcended nation-states. I think it's been a long time, and, and hopefully... Who knows? It hopefully continues to be a long time uh, that we have seen, especially in Europe, this kind of nation-on-nation conflict and the world being brought into it. And as I, Matt, as, as I as I started reading over the weekend, I was really struck with 
um, wow, this is this is a tense moment that could have some massive implications. And I, I don't know if I had realized fully how deep into this the the world had gotten. You know, I'm focused on street repair and public safety and economic development in Tucson, and that will be 98% of my focus. But I think as I as I as I read this weekend on this stuff, man, I just sat back and went, wow, this is something's happening here. So yeah, just. Uh bad situation zach i mean there's just no other way to describe it so yep well we'll keep uh we'll keep talking about it i've got you know my apps going if there's anything breaking that happens on this in the next few minutes we'll talk about it we're gonna go to a break when i come back i'll I'll share some more of my thoughts on this and, and what i think this maybe means for where we are as a country where we are in the world where the world is uh, some 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 really interesting things going on again. As just a few moments ago, <clears throat> the White House called Russian troop deployment uh, into Russian-backed separatist regions an invasion, an I-word that the White House uh, clearly didn't want to say. As long as they didn't have to say it, they're now saying it. And uh, what does it mean going forward? We'll keep talking about this. Sean Louis at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the legacy, impact, and contributions of the African American community here in Tucson as we honor Black History Month and more. We'll be right back. Radio by and for the people of Tucson. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest 
Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Ween of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all that Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser this first hour of our uh, Tuesday, Monday on a Tuesday show. Here after a long three-day weekend, we're talking about, uh, as we often do on our first uh, show of the week, we're talking about the issues and trends and themes and stuff in the news that came in since we left studio on Friday. Uh, and uh, today is not only a uh, uh, it is further beyond the usual local topics I talk about, but it is international. We are talking about uh, the uh, crisis in Ukraine. We're talking about what does it mean today and what does it mean for the world tomorrow as we are literally today right now. Matt and I are watching the news play out um, as uh, Russian moves into Russian-backed separatist regions within Ukraine over the last uh, 24, 48 hours have now been declared by the White House as an invasion. An I-word that is critical towards what next steps are, an I-word that the White House uh, used uh, at the very last possible moment, didn't want to use it and kind of uh, went back and forth on whether what we were seeing was an invasion. Uh, so a few thoughts on that here before the bottom of the hour. That's what we're talking about today. Welcoming your phone calls as well. <clears throat> a rare moment where we talk about themes beyond uh, beyond U.S. borders, but this is important. Uh, and then at the bottom of the hour, Sean Louis will be with us. We'll talk about the contributions and legacy of the African-American community here in Tucson and southern Arizona. So I, I told you at the top of the hour that on this uh, Russia-Ukraine global foreign policy theme that the best you might get from me today uh, are uh, humbly a few thoughts rolling around in my brain. Um, that uh, I'm not coming into this seat with the answers, the silver bullet, the resolution. I, I know that's uh, I know that's popular, but I think this is more complicated, uh, more complicated than that. And I think as I was reading about where we are at today and how we got here, you know, I think certainly I uh, am beginning to question what is the state uh, of American influence and capacity in the world. What is the state? of our foreign policy. And I'm not saying that to say that the, 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 the sky is falling in or, um, or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think America is in this moment where we are not only ourselves rethinking what is our place and role in the world, but I think the traditional ways in which foreign policy happened and the traditional ways in which we understood the world, I think are being shaken right now. And that's not just in America. I think around the world, uh, we, we are seeing a rethinking of foreign policy and, and foreign engagement. Uh, there's a few dynamics of this that are even bigger than just Russia or just Ukraine. 
<clears throat> that I'm watching. You know, I think we, we, we've talked a lot of that on this show uh, about uh, American separation and how do we get here and how do we get out. Uh, I think it's, uh, there's a separation from each other. Uh, I saw an article from NPR this weekend about the great sort um, where people who have conservative political leanings are moving to conservative places and people with uh, 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 more liberal or left-leaning in- inclinations move to those parts of the country. We, we are no longer living in a tapestry as a country. We are living uh, where we want to live around people who think like we do. There is a great sort happening. Uh, and as that happens, and it's been happening for a couple of decades now, uh, our American life starts to weaken. We become separated from each other. We become siloed from each other. Uh, and if we have thought that that doesn't have an impact on our standing in the world, if we don't think that that doesn't have an impact uh, on whether uh, countries around the world think we are strong or not, if we don't think um, that that doesn't have an impact on whether people around the world uh, look to the U.S. or Russia or China uh, in terms of where they want to put their money and people and investments, uh, I think this is the wake-up call that we've needed. Uh, and there has also been, over the last number of years, um, a, uh, a separation from the world. And, you know, one could say this is kind of a neocon versus populist view, but there is a tension around is, um, does America remain as present and in some cases interventionist as it has been, or are we focused on America first? And I think the world has watched that. The world has felt some of the implications of it. And I think the way in which we are perceived is going to play a role in our influence around the world. This political division internally, I think, has been watched by Moscow for some time. And, and right, I think a lot of people uh, believe that some of the uh, some of the involvement in our domestic political life by Russia over the last number of years has been an attempt to get us to the point where we are today. But I also think there's been a separation from the world. And, you know, certainly I grew up, my political formation was in the questioning of uh, does the U.S. involve itself in nation building and intervention? Um, and in some some cases, I think the neocons might be having a resurrection <laughs> after uh, after this, um, where I, I you know I have started to feel watching this geopolitical conflict in Ukraine and Russia that America doesn't have a choice uh, that 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 the United States of America is built on a foundation of having global. Involvement. Now, that doesn't mean uh, war or uh, regime change or whatever the case may be. I think we can have those debates. Um, but uh, hopefully this international collaboration uh, in response to Russia's mood is going to actually work, right? I think it's a lot of words right now. We're united. We're going to do sanctions. Not much is happening yet. And some, including Ukrainian leadership, wanted things to happen two, three, four weeks ago. So we'll see if the words produce actions. But uh, over the last couple of years, the United States has re-engaged in the world and its foreign policy. And uh, I think for the United States to retain uh, its place in history, it has to be involved in the world. And we can argue about what that looks like. Uh, But look at what has happened. Uh, Look at China's foreign policy in just the last four or five years. 
while we were pulling back from the world in many ways in our foreign policy, China was moving in. China has influence around the world uh, that all of us could have only dreamed about, and not in necessarily a positive way, just a few years ago. The, the, the rest of the world is not standing still. And we're, well, I bring China up, right, because over the last couple of days, we've seen China both uh, tell Russia that, look, we have asked for the world to honor our sovereignty. We should be honoring other countries' sovereignty. China might be the thing that keeps Putin from doing what Putin really wants to do in Russia. On the other hand, we also saw Russia and China in, in, in somewhat of a lockstep. Uh, on this move uh, into Ukraine. And China and Russia are not natural bed buddies. Um, but when they are facing the West, they might be. So some have talked about this axis of autocracy, which I think would include uh, Russia and China and North Korea. How does the U.S. respond to that? How does the world respond to that axis now? That's a new foreign policy. But we uh, are, are seeing, I think, a little bit of a weakening uh, of our American understanding of our influence and capacity in the world. I think about the fact that in 1998, during the Clinton era, there was a NATO expansion, right? The, the, the Soviet Union had separated. Uh, uh, Russia was starting to engage with the world in a bit of a international order, democratic way. Uh, and the Clinton administration made a significant move to expand NATO, a move that uh, bothered Russia in the late 1990s of saying, look, we're, we're willing to work with you, uh, but we're a little concerned that you're bringing NATO to our borders. Now that the uh, economics in Russia are weaker, uh, now that Russia uh, is having to, cons uh, Russian leadership is having to consolidate power, they've gone back to nation building and they've pulled this back out as an excuse for aggressive tactics. Uh, but there's a piece of this in as well. So I told you you'd get a bunch of uh, r uh, rambling uh, thoughts that I think somehow tie together. Of, I think this is going to be a moment where we have to re- uh, understand and rethink and and and, and re-envision our engagement around the world. Uh, but I don't think, and this shows it, that America can pull back. Whether we like it or not, we have to be engaged at a global level. We need to figure out what that engagement looks like, but we have to engage at a global level. And I think looking back as well, uh, and, and this is not an endorsement, this is not an all-out you know, endorsement. But I think one thing that is significant uh, that uh, former President Trump did was an American shift around China. That was the most significant foreign policy shift in a very long time, and we're seeing the impacts um, of it now. But this is big and messy and complex, and we're just now scratching the surface as this morning White House calls Russian moves into Russian-backed separatist regions within Ukraine an invasion. Uh, there's a shift happening, and this is the beginning of it, and you got my thoughts on it this morning. You can shoot me an email, uh, give me a call on the other side, whatever. Sean Louis is on the other side. Uh, he is with Black Renaissance. We're going to talk about the events happening in Tucson around Black History Month and the legacy and contribution of the African-American community. We'll be right back. 
2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. <clears throat> Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Ensor on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. It's our first show of the week. <clears throat> After a lawn uh, President's Day weekend, hope everyone had a good uh, lawn weekend who was able to take one. Uh, and uh, this is our Monday on a Tuesday show. It certainly feels that way. Uh, when we sat down in studio, um, we saw that the White House, after a few days of kind of going back and forth on it, uh, did indeed call the Russian troop deployment into uh, two Russian-backed separatist regions in Ukraine an invasion. The I word was the big word on the table. The White House has now used it and uh, an invasion into Ukraine could be imminent. Uh, this is going to be a story that plays out um, over the next few hours for sure, over the next few days. And uh, it was big enough that uh, even for a local and state-focused show, <clears throat> we wanted to talk about it, cover it, and I gave you some of my thoughts uh, on what it means for kind of the for foreign affairs, for global engagement for the United States. What does it mean for American influence uh, around the world? Uh, but we're turning the, the the page to a completely new conversation. We're going to go back local uh, on now for what has become an annual conversation. Uh, my friend Sean Louis, um, who is <clears throat> at the helm of Black Renaissance here in our community, an annual event in February that celebrates the arts and culture and energy of the African-American community here in Tucson. Sean Louis, always good to be with you. Thanks for making the time to call in. How are you? I'm so good, man. Thank you so much for having me again. It's, 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 it's an honor. 
Uh, absolutely. Well, I, I definitely want to talk about Black Renaissance. There's uh, some tangible uh, ways that the community can be involved in some performances and some things this week we wanted to highlight. This is the, the last week uh, of Black Renaissance, and it's been another great, uh, great production. Thank you for what you do for the Tucson community. But I want to start a little bit broader and uh, get your thoughts on the legacy and contribution of the African-American community in Tucson and Southern Arizona. It's uh, a century plus. It's it's deeper and bigger than so many people know, including myself. Uh, but but uh, give us your thoughts on kind of the big picture. What is the impact and contribution of the African American community in Tucson? Uh, you know, I I believe it's huge. I, I believe it, it's, uh, it's it's been long lasting. Um, you know, since the beginning of the founding of Tucson. You know, we have like the Dunbar. Um, Dunbar School was was uh, which is one of the the first segregated school inside Tucson, and amazing artists com- has come out of that. And the legacy, um, you know, has, has been you know amazing artists present day, uh, Adiba Nelson, Alana Eterum, you know, are 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 a part of that community and doing amazing things and continuing the legacy of again just of, um, of black people really really um, engaging um, uh, uh, the the arts in a, a magnificent way. Yeah, the uh, just keep going, Sean Louis. I know you have many more, many more examples. Uh, you, you know, I, I think uh, the 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 African American community by population, you know, is what is it? I think four or five percent. It's but there's an outsized um, impact, you know, and and we think about places like uh, Atlanta or or others. Um, but but the African American community in Tucson has been has been significant. Uh, give us a few more examples uh, of that. Um, you know, one of the, uh, I'll say, probably the first major label uh, signee, an artist out of, uh, uh, of Tucson was a black artist. Uh, his name his name is uh, Suge, and he actually moved to, um, he got signed to uh, Def Jam uh, West, I believe. Um, uh, so it's it's been it's it's been pretty crazy, and then also you get you know these new up and coming uh, megastars like uh, like Askey, who is traveling to places like you mentioned, like Atlanta, and then representing uh, Tucson. So, um, man, there's there's so many. I mean, I can go off on a list. Zora, Zora Thomas performed at our spoken word event. Um, you know, she is uh, a, a mega uh, TikTok influencer now, uh, and she toured the house down. We had over 150 people uh, come out in you know, our hip hop event. Uh, we had Cash Lansky, Fio, and then of course Askey, and they toured the house down. It was to over 250 people at, at Thunder King, and it's you know it's 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 really really I I can't even I get so excited talking about it, but it, we the uh, African American community inside Tucson really is uh, a staple in doing some really crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. A, a friend a friend sent me a a page from the Pima County Public Library uh, on the history of the Black community in Tucson. And there, I mean, there are books on the black residents of Tucson and their achievements, 1860 to 1900. Of course, there's a lot about the Dunbar, uh, but there's a lot as well in Cochise County, the Black Heritage Trails and Tales of Tucson and Old Fort Huachuca near Sierra Vista. Uh, There were, of course, uh, African-American cowboys. Um, that don't get enough uh, attention in the Southwest. It's 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 pretty amazing, Sean Louis. Yeah, it's really odd. there's a there's a name that escapes me right now, and I can't believe I my mind went blank. But um, you know, uh, uh, a, a different uh, Andre Newman uh, was a very advocate of a 
uh, of this uh, this person influential in history is the first black person actually to be inside Tucson. This is back in the I want to say 1500s. Um, you know, um, coming into uh, Tucson, and he was actually um, very significant in uh, mapping out that area and uh, and and engaging the the locals with the with the Spanish um, uh, 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 convoy as they were making their way through that area um yeah it's it's crazy to see how how crazy how far back history the black community has made an impact in the areas it's pretty awesome for sure sean louis let's look at the present now and the future uh, what is black renaissance uh, it's it's been a few years running at least in tucson what, what's uh, what's the vision with black renaissance and what does it bring to tucson every february uh you know the vision is i i always say it's, it's pretty plain and simple it's uh, it, you know it's using um um uh, talent and tech to highlight black artists. So we try to influence, um, obviously, the culture and, and, and integrate black technology. So, um, uh, you know, we, we had different QR codes throughout downtown Tucson. And as you walk downtown, if you go to a poster, you would um, you would get hit. Uh, you take a photo of the QR code and you get shown a video. And all the videos as you lead down Tucson tell a story. So, um, you know, it's, it's been it's been awesome. You know, I, I mentioned earlier about our two events that happened, the uh, hip-hop jazz fusion uh, event or night and uh, the spoken word night. It was absolutely amazing, man, to see not just the black community come out, but like the whole community. You know, we had people, um, you know, from around around uh, Arizona and we had people come from like California, like multiple people come from California hmm. to come and see the event. So um, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. In a, and it's been it's been a great time, man. Is there anything unique about the uh, about the music uh, of Tucson and Southern Arizona? You know, I think about other cities around the country and other places around the country, past and present, and there's they're kind of known for a certain kind of type or style of music. Is there anything specific to Tucson and Southern Arizona that you're seeing start to bubble up through things like Black Renaissance? Um, yeah, you know, um, Tucson has a very particular sound. I would almost say it has a psychedelic spiritualness to it, you know, to it. Um, even even those like myself that try to stray away from from that sound, it, it's, you know, it's, we're almost compelled to to make it almost a, you know, quote-unquote religious experience. So when you get people like um, uh, Larry Moore, you know, Miss Red do a spoken word, or you get someone like uh, uh, Feo perform, you know, the hip-hop jazz fusion event, it's, it's, it becomes a very religious, you know, experience where you walk away, you know, change. And I think that's, that's, it's, that's kind of what Black Renaissance have been, have been doing as well. When you say hip hop jazz fusion, is uh, is there any kind of artistry around that that listeners may recognize? I'm trying to trying to hear that in my head. I'm not quite sure it's <laughs> it's clicking for me. Is there a sound that someone might recognize as kind of hip hop jazz fusiony that uh, that that you that you can share? Hmm, that's a good question, man. I mean, the the I, the whole heart behind that event that I came up with was. Uh, you know, jazz is a is a black created sound. You know, uh, uh, black community uh, made uh, jazz music, and uh, a lot of hip hop artists. And I've seen doing random interviews. Um, I'm a huge Kendrick Lamar fan, um, and he mentioned how he would listen to old school jazz in order to come up with his you know with his with his uh, with the rhythms and, and you know in his um, 
seconds flow, and I thought that was incredibly interesting. So I thought, man, I, I wonder if we can actually put the, those two together. So I, maybe I would say the closest sound would be maybe a J. Cole, but that's not what it was. You know, that's like um, that's not what we presented. It was almost a you know very eclectic uh, uh, sound for each artist because each artist is different. Kaslinski has a way different sound than than Fail, who has a way different sound than than um, than Askey and. And then we have the you know, Freddie J. Walker band, um, uh, you know, laying it down. So it was, um, I can't really tell you, you know, I honestly would say to me, J. Cole will be, the, will be the closest thing, but it was, it was very unique what we came up with that night. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, I guess this is a great place, Sean Louis, to plug the last uh, performance or so of Black Renaissance this week. Uh, for people who want to listen to some of the things that you're talking about or experience the the, the final week of Black Renaissance, uh, where can people do that here in Tucson? Oh man, so you can go. To, uh, obviously, you want to, if you want more information about Black Renaissance and the past events, you can go to blackrenaissance.online. That is blackrenaissance.online. Uh, this Friday, though, is our last event. We're going to be highlighting Fiona Phoenix uh, and Allison Miller. Uh, just amazing, amazing um, artists. Um, you know, Fiona works with Tapestry, and it's she it's unreal. And um, Allison Miller does these massive uh, paintings that are at, actually uh, she did a wall painting at at. Um, at Hotel McCoy. So you go check that out and see all, all of her other stuff. Uh, that is uh, this Friday, February 25th, 7 p.m. Um, you do not want to miss it. It's a free event. So come out, um, come safely, come mass, um, and uh, you'll have a good time. Very cool. Uh, and, and that is blackrenaissance.online, you said? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Sean Lu, if you can, I want to hold you on for um, a, a little bit of a longer segment here before we let you go and go to our final commercial. Because I wanted to ask sure. you, Sean Louis, um, you are traveling the country. You've been traveling the country. <laughs> uh, and a, as you are performing in different places, as you're around the country in different ways, is Tucson getting known for anything for its music and kind of culture that way? Obviously, our food is always a present conversation and a lot of our history is but is anything about our present music expression here in tucson southern arizona is it making any waves around the rest of the country do people think about tucson in that way yeah for sure you know they they talk about that psychedelic spiritual sound that tucson um you know just you know it just oozes out of tucson um i was in um uh i think winston salem uh, maybe about a week or two ago and um, I, I performed, and someone came and talked to me about Tucson, Arizona, and they said that they love the sound. They said that our art scene is is incredible, you know, to the point where they actually don't even go to Phoenix anymore. They just go to Tucson, and they're not like hmm. a artist themselves, you know. They're just like a, a, just a regular, you know, regular Joe Smo, if you will. Um, so, and they really were excited about the the just the the sound that's coming out of Tucson. You know, they mentioned uh, they actually mentioned um, ASCII and a couple other artists that they've. Been, been you know looking at and so um yeah it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see tucson grow from this being the small town that where the big brother is phoenix to now we're standing on our own and making our own you know making people are recognizing the sound and the, and the look and culture of tucson it's, it's really cool to see completely no it's and i still feel like um you know the musical expressions are taking a backseat to some of the other things that we promote about this community so that's why i asked because i still feel um, like Tucson hasn't been fully discovered yet, and um, yeah, I, I don't want to make this comparison outside of music because I don't like the comparison. <laughs> but it almost reminds me of Austin in a way where you know music was the thing that put Austin on the map, but it was not 
the Austin that we know today. You know, like everybody knows about Austin today, Sean Louis, but it was it was music that kind of first put it on the map. And then the rest kind of happened from there. South by Southwest was a musical festival, a musical conference. And uh, I I wonder if, uh, you know, you see in the next couple of years this kind of uh, people looking at Tucson for its music. Is this going to start making the front pages of why people are thinking about and coming to Tucson like our food is, you know? Um, I I believe so. I I think the um, opportunity I see is that, um, you know, we have a lot of, really good artists leave Tucson for some odd reason. They hit, they hit a, a um, you know, glass ceiling and then they just leave instead of coming back and setting up roots. If we can, if we can continue the, the trend of keeping these amazing artists, you know, into Tucson, black artists, you know, all, um, in all, all artists of all, all race and creeds uh, into Tucson, I think we will for sure in the next two years, you will just see a pop. We will notice that it'll just be a pop. We'll have every major newspaper magazine looking at the amazing artistry. Uh, and talent that comes out of Tucson, I believe will happen. But if we can, if we can figure out how to keep people that are about to leave again, um, I think um, I think we'll have we'll have an amazing, amazing chance to really show off the talent here. No, I love that, Sean Louis. I've had people tell me that Tucson should just lean into its identity as a place that sends people out. Uh, mm. You know, because there's, there's so many leaders and innovators across sectors who get their start in Tucson, then they leave. And some have said, well, Tucson should just lean into that. We're just the launcher of really great talent. And I get that, you know, and I might come to a breaking point where I accept that, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) I would love to see these folks stay and or boomerang back. Um, You know, so don't go anywhere, Sean Louis. I, I, I tour I a lot, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I do. I, I'll say this: I pay, I pay my taxes, and I pay, you know, I pay my dues inside Tucson. So uh, I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> I was going to say, at the end of the day, that's really what matters, right, Sean Louis? <laughs> uh, before we let you go, man, anything else? Uh, Sean Louis is one of the co-creators, uh, co-curators of Black Renaissance, a festival spotlighting Black creatives and artists in Arizona. It happens every February. This is probably our third or fourth year now having Sean Louie on. And the last performance is this Friday. You can check it out on blackrenaissance.online. We've been talking today about the impact and contributions of the African-American community overall in Tucson, uh, but especially in the music scene that, according to Sean Louie, is about to become a nationally understood piece of what makes Tucson, Tucson. Anything else, Sean Louie, before we cut you loose today that you'd like to share and let Tucson know about Black Renaissance or the African-American community or the music scene in Tucson? Yeah, there's other amazing, amazing organizations that are doing um, uh, uh, stuff for Black History Month. You know, Black Friday, uh, they're having their MSA, they're having their event at the MSA Annex um, this Wednesday. Um, It's going to be unreal. Um, so um, make sure you guys support. And there's other organizations that are, are, are doing stuff inside Tucson. So please, uh, just a quick Google. You know, I, that's how I found uh, about some of these organizations. Just a quick Google um, and, and support other organizations as well as Black Renaissance. I love it. Yeah, I haven't checked in with, uh, with Ashley in a while from Black's Friday. But at my last check, their database of black-owned businesses in Arizona was up to almost, I think, 400. Now, that's across the state of Arizona. Obviously, there's a lot in Tucson, um, yeah. but uh, it's uh, it's it's everywhere, man. Yeah, yes, yeah, sure is, sure is. 
Sean Louis, I appreciate you. Uh, and uh, let, let's keep this going year after year. Thanks for making some time. I think you're touring right now. Uh, but you're here with us, uh, Black Renaissance Online. Sean Louis is a curator of that and has been for a number of years. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll have you on soon. Thank you. Thanks, Sean Louis. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, uh, a few final thoughts from me, and that's it. Our Monday on a Tuesday edition of Tipping Point AM 1030 KVY The Voice. Come on right back. Valley to Vail and everywhere in between. 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America, opening just this month through April 24th. You can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Impact of Southern Arizona serves 52 zip codes in Pima and Pinal counties and reinvests $2.5 million a year into the community. Join us for our Impact Expo on Tuesday, March 2nd, at the Tucson Chinese Cultural Center, where we'll be bringing a national speaker along with local partners and the community together to talk about how we can help people move from just getting by in a getting-ahead world to improving their life in our region. Go to impactsoaz.org for more information and to support Impact of Southern Arizona in improving lives and inspiring futures. This is Bill Buckmaster. Coming up during the noon hour, the Buckmaster Show on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. 
And uh, you're listening to Tipping Point on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger, uh, opening downtown on October 20th last year. So a few months open, Little Love Burger is serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most current uh, open hours. And let them know you heard about Little Love Burger on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off of your next meal there. That's right, 15% off. You get to support great local business in downtown Tucson, uh, support great men and women doing it, have great food, and it's 15% off. And Matt, I am pleased to report uh, that when I went for lunch on Friday, I did indeed get the Yenser Rogers rate. They Excellent. Are honoring the 15%. I tested it myself, and that food is good. Matt, if you haven't been down there, we should go sometime. I think so. Let's do it. So obviously burgers are great, but I actually had a chicken sandwich that was incredible. So I definitely uh, definitely recommend it. You didn't even have to impersonate a uh, shoe salesman. I didn't. I, I didn't. I did not. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, they were a little surprised um, when it was me who showed up. They were like, "This is this is the guy." Of course, I have a face for radio, Matt. So, um, did you refer you know. to it as the me rate, or did you <laughs> refer to yourself? And in- no, I actually. So <laughs> I actually went with a friend, and uh, and uh, the friend uh, made it happen, and then mentioned that I was me. Um, nice. I just, I just thought it was a little weird to go in. Hey, can I have my disc? <laughs> like it's not. My, how do I do that? I I don't know. I'm not a. I don't like all that attention on me. <laughs> so somebody else had to make it happen. But uh, it was delicious. It was great. They did a beautiful renovation um, on that, and uh, you should try it. So there you go, Matt. I wanted to report that back to you. Awesome, awesome, Zach. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Tucson, if you miss anything on the on the podcast, you can check us out on uh, tippingpointkvoy.com uh, uh, forward slash um, uh, podcast, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify. You can find us um, on there. Uh, I had I thought uh, my conversation with uh, Steve Gaynor, Republican running for governor last Friday, was really interesting. Uh, and it was interesting in what we didn't talk about. Um, I asked him his platform and he didn't mention CRT and he didn't mention election issues, which I thought was really interesting. So we went a completely different direction talking about a variety of Arizona issues and we really got in the weeds because it was two segments and I enjoyed it. So check that out on the on the podcast. Let me know what you think um, and uh, some uh, some great conversations um, coming up this week. Uh, and, and I would just say, and I'll share more information about this uh, when I get it in, um, but as many of you know, connected to an organization uh, of young professionals in Tucson called Tucson Young Professionals. And uh, we're beginning to uh, reach out and survey our membership of the issues that are important to them. Uh, and uh, wouldn't you know that the issues that are important to them uh, are affordability, opportunity, quality of life, concerns about cost of living, uh, job and economic opportunity, uh, good schools, Uh, and the like. And it's so interesting because I mentioned on this show, and I just wanted to put an asterisk on this and we'll cover it, uh, cover it more later. Um, But the 
uh, it, it's interesting that I've said on this show that this is the national data. Wherever you look at it, these are the issues that people who live in cities and communities uh, are paying attention to, affordability, opportunity, quality of life. And that data is popping up again right here at home, that in Tucson, those are the issues that people want to talk about. And that's the lens in which, with which I look at Tucson issues, uh, is are we creating uh, affordability, uh, economic opportunity, and a quality of life around roads, public safety, schools, and parks? That is... That is the game, as they say. Everything else flows from that. So that's what we do each and every week. We'll keep doing it. We'll keep talking about that. But I wanted to report those two things to you. 15% off a little Love Burger. Um, and uh, the normal people scorecard, still at play in Tucson. We'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Damon Holt, Pastor Jeff Loxton, Ruben Navarrete, the most widely read Latino economist in the country. We'll talk national issues from his perch. Q Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster after that today. Tucson. We'll see you Wednesday at 9. Stay safe.